This is Say Less Podcast, episode 21. We're getting old. We're old enough we're to, to drink, drink bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're drink now. Yeah, shout out to Royal Realty on their 10th episode. Yeah, shout out to the girls, man. Shout out to Opinionated Facts on this surprise episode. We got Keith on the boards. Yes, sir, I'm here. Chris is back from his world Y'all tour. Y'all get rid of me. Y'all get rid of me. <laughs> He is in the building. You already know. We got the beautiful Sarah is in the building, and she's back on the market. On the market. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she had over under on that paid off and did it. <laughs> it was just a feeling. It, it went away. She <laughs> said I wasn't lust. I wasn't in love. Temporary. And today we are lucky enough to have from the Amish Mafia, formerly Miss hey. Esther Schmuck- Schmucker. I'm sorry. Schmucker. Schmucker. Yeah. Schmucker. Schmucker. Got good justice. Put yeah, some respect no. on that name. <laughs> <laughs> I said it in <laughs> Welcome to the show, Esther. Welcome to the show. Yeah, what? Welcome, you. welcome. We need the horns. <laughs> 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 that was pretty good. I got to um, not get tongue-tied today. So, real quick, before we get into Esther's life, because we're going to dive in. Chris. Yo. How was the trip? It was, uh... I'm, I'm still trying to put it all in perspective, but it was pretty damn amazing. Yo. It looked amazing. We saw the pictures. We, if, if if y'all don't know, y'all were only on Facebook. We was getting the group chat pictures. Right. We was doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris was out there living his best life. He was private up there. He was getting behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some things that weren't for public consumption. Right, right. Like the, and we'll keep those in the yeah. group chat. What, <laughs> I said in the group chat. Stay I will, group I will chat. say that uh, Moroccan medicine is pretty damn nice, though. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, you'll get you right. <laughs> Shout out, and, and everybody's doing it. Well, you said uh, Spain, Portugal, Portugal, Morocco, Morocco. and Spain. Yeah, That's cool. and uh, I mean, if I had to sum up one thing, I would say the 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 cultures, the way of life, the people over there are way smarter, move way slower, and celebrate way better than we do. Uh, right. And they all treat each other with decency and respect, and they have way more differences than we do, and a hell of a lot more history and tension. Awesome. <clears throat> I don't doubt that at all. Now. Sounds amazing. Sarah, how the hell did you get back on the market so quickly? Um, you know, <laughs> just things just happen. You know, you have temporary feelings that make you think like, all right. When you're drinking? Yo, you no, heard. I wasn't drinking. <laughs> oh, well, that day. <laughs> you that see that day. movie Split? You ever see that movie Split? Split, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that, Sarah, That's right? why Sarah's back on the market. <laughs> Maybe I gotta watch that movie. It was, Sarah it was multiple personalities. Yeah, the <laughs> one Sarah got into the relationship, but then the other Sarah checked back in and was like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> right. Which one relationship? Which one? Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I ain't got no boyfriend. <laughs> oh, what? I was confused. Yeah, so back you on know, the market, you know. Sarah just made a whole lot of fellas really happy. Mm. I guess... I guess he was cut from the wrong cloth. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit. I, but I love you, though. I love you. That, that, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. We should, Like I said, we should have had an over-under, but that's yeah. I mean, I had one. Oh, but no, nobody let me know. If, if I would have said something, I would have been petty. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept it to myself. All right. It's all good. Yeah. So, Esther, welcome to Say Less. Uh... We will not go too hard on you today. <laughs> uh, definitely thank you for coming. Um, where are you originally from? Uh, Ponsatawney, Pennsylvania. That's oh. where the groundhogs are. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, people know it for groundhogs. Oh. So that's, that's what 
So did you like IUP feel yeah. as a young girl? Did you like was it a big celebration like we see like the seven people on TV and the mayor with the top hat and like the tuba band behind them? Or is it like a big deal like hey let's go down and get a false knot and check out the groundhog? I mean they had their celebrations yeah. every year, you know, but to us it was just I don't know. It, it was, was like just it was annoying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're like it's one of those things. That's what where, I thought. You're yeah. like, geez, these people, we got places to go, right? <laughs> Yeah, but it was, it's a bit, I never knew how known he was, though, like, other than, outside of Punxsutawney, like, right. everybody knows Punxsutawney by Grand Because, Hill. yeah, still, yeah. nationally. Yeah, everywhere, so. I've gone places, like, from Pennsylvania, and they really only know, like, it's either Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, Hershey, or Punxsutawney. Yeah. And they're like, you live near any of those places? And I'm like, yo, I don't even know where Punxsutawney is. Never even heard of it. That's um uh, I I know that that's like out by IUP right. Marquise knows. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was hunting coons out. There. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it. Like, <laughs> Marquise did a, a, a dissertation <laughs> on, on um, bow hunting he went in Puxatawney once. <laughs> They brought out the teacup. <laughs> oh shit! He, he ain't never left Lancaster County <laughs> West in PA again. <laughs> so, what was it like growing up Amish? I mean, just give us, just give us a little. Because being from Lancaster County, we see Amish people all the time. But there's myths, and then there's things that are true. And just speaking to her briefly. Um, I found out a lot of the shit that we thought was true wasn't true. Like, um, I think we asked were they tax exempt or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. said, That's "Oh not hell true. no, yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. no." We're we're lucky to have their tax money. Yeah, real yeah. lucky. I mean, that's why Lancaster County is as affordable as it is and as successful as it is because of Amish commerce and and tax money. What did you do as a as a child for fun, like <laughs> on the farm? There, uh, well, we, I mean. First, I just wanted, when we were talking about, there are so many different groups of Amish people. So, mm. you know, when we're going to be talking about Punxsutawney, that's Punxsutawney Amish. And there's absolutely not really any type of similarities between Punxsutawney and Lancaster. It's oh. like a night and day difference. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like, and that's some of the things that I think it's really hard for people to understand because you live among Amish, say, in Lancaster or in Ohio, and then you see other Amish people from Lancaster saying it's this way, and these people are arguing, I live in, I have Amish neighbors, that is not the way they do it. Right. So the thing, it's confusing because they're all, we all have the same core principles and beliefs. We all operate on that core, you know, but the rules and religions are so different from one state and one county to the next. Because you have a bishop that makes the rules and like a right. council of bishops that makes the rules for your church right? right but your church isn't a building it's a group of people right and so you you said that you were your childhood was in Puxatawney and you mm-hmm. came here as a teenager that I was going to ask you like oh did you feel different as a child and that's probably a question we should still ask but now you're telling us like the different Amish orders it's almost like tribal right um you had your childhood in Puxatawney, and then you come to Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. That was that like culture shock for you because you had it's like wait these people are my people, but they do all this stuff differently. It was it was a huge culture shock. Okay, huge. I mean everything from the way they talked, like they had a completely different accent, and it was so different that we had a hard time understanding oh, each shit. other. Okay, so and a lot of. Um, 
like if we would be talking about a meadow or a yard, the, the term we use for it in Dutch, they had a completely different term for it. Even though you're both Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Dutch, Dutch yes. which is probably not a really their, good term. They, have their, they own had their own slang. dialect. Yeah, they have their own dialect. I would have never thought that. Can I would you have say thought that. in Dutch, please? Even happy to do it. And what does that mean? I'm happy to be here today. Oh, nice. Oh, We're happy to have you. Yeah. That sounded dope, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> and she did it effortlessly, too. So, right, I mean, that's right. like that's like in you. You know what I mean? That, yeah. So, was Pennsylvania Dutch your dialect, your first spoken language? Yes. And then English? Yes. Okay. We actually didn't learn how to speak English until we started going to school. Okay. So, everything was completely Pennsylvania Dutch until we were six years old. And then we went, when we started going to school, we actually learned how to speak English in school. Okay. But that stayed in school. As, like the part, of you your, came home. as part of your teaching, like you had yes. an English class. Right. right. Okay. But wow. who, who taught you English? You it, had a regular teacher or you had Amish people teaching you English? No, we had an Amish teacher who taught us English. Okay. Yeah. And then were you in a run, one room schoolhouse? Yes. Uh, okay. That I mean cuz I mean we see them again yeah, our right, experiences right. Lancaster County so I mean I see the schools mm -hmm. they got the baseball diamond and the little yeah. playground <laughs> sometime and it's all always fenced off mm -hmm. but you can see like man there's some 6 years old 6 year old 6 year old and some 12 year olds you mm -hmm. can see all the different range so but it was like you guys were all in the same room. Yes. And you just got taught different lessons or you kind of absorb everything that everyone's being taught. I mean you you were all taught the same thing. It was just at different levels. Okay. So first through eighth grade, you will all learn the same thing. But There's you would really get no but it's work suited levels. for your age. Yeah. So it just went, you know, as you went into the next grade, it was just a little bit harder. But uh -huh. there was never really. Actually, no. The only thing that changed was we did have uh, geography and history starting at fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Um, from first grade up to, like, fifth grade, you only had the basics. Like, you had... Um, math, spelling, reading, writing, and that was pretty much it. Very basic, just skills that you need enough to get you through life. Like and would function. they teach you those skills in Dutch and English? Um, everything was, the teacher would talk English. Okay, so, so all of your learning was in English. Yes. You went to school already fluently speaking Dutch and basically reading it too? Or is no. Dutch not really used as a printed language? No, it's for um, instead of Dutch to read and write and what we would use like in church the way they German. preached was German okay so we actually had German classes where we learned how to Three languages yeah so That's we learned German we learned how to write German sing German speak German I don't have that as much anymore like I used to be able to sit down I could write you a letter in German right. but I haven't done but that as anymore. a child I mean you're I essentially learning that, yeah. three languages right that's yeah. that's amazing. So you're like yeah. trilingual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty that's cool. Crazy. Yeah. That, that's definitely a gift. Uh, growing up on the farm, did you? Uh, I don't, I'm keep saying the farm, but well, did did you was live it on the farm? farm? No. No. Okay. I'm sorry. You have like no. a that, that's, ranch. That's or a stereotype. A <laughs> 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 no, I mean that's the thing. Everybody like a ranch house that, or all Amish people have these big farms. We we, we don't. Some just live in regular houses. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. My bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. It's yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, our, it's, it's, our, yeah, it's our conception. Yeah. I mean, look, and you got a smoke there. town, there's a bunch of Amish people living in ranchers, but they got an acre of land. Yeah, right, 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 and it's right, like yeah. you live 30 seconds from the farm you grew up on. Right. So Now, like, growing up like with your, your friends or your siblings, do, do y'all ever, like, care what's going on outside? Right. Like, 
like you see cars and and people doing uh, the English thing. Like, does that ever the English thing? <laughs> that's what yeah. they said on Amish yeah. Mafia. Right? No, yeah. yeah. Yo, yeah, they cause you know, yeah, I know that. I you know that people shit. used to actually get mad. Like we had people get mad. I get it was mad just about the that. way but and to <laughs> us to anybody we, it doesn't we, matter what your ethnicity is. Anybody that is not Amish is English. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're all Do you guys you know. know how disrespectful that <laughs> 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 about as disrespectful as me saying she lived but in the world. Because at least we don't like we don't group. You don't, and you don't mean it as a pejorative. No, no, You're not it's insulting. Just, it's, it's just that we're Amish, so we're better. We're God's chosen people. people. It's like Amish and English. It's just us, yeah. us, it's us really, and them. Yeah. Right. Because you, when it first started, that's what the difference was. That you guys were here and having your own sect and population, and the other pilgrims and settlers were English. So it was like, nah, they're the English and we're the Amish, Listen, and it just if, never got rid of if it. If you're going to talk about pilgrims and settlers, you're going to lose. Yeah, I no. have no idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, anthropologically, <laughs> it's they, I know that I know that they don't mean the English as as uh, as a negative. Um, I just remembered hearing that as like working construction with Amish, and they would be call me an Englishman, and I would be like, yo, we beat them in the war, man. Don't don't disrespect. <laughs> them like, like a matter of fact, we beat them for you. So you know what I mean. I'm an American. Put some respect on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I and or else it was sod. Like sod, that was that's, and and that's, that's a diss, Dutch right? No. Or, or no. Sod is the Dutch word for English. Okay. Sod. That's not. And like, they don't mean it. That's English not a diss dirt, either. No. Okay. That's just the Dutch word for English. That's our translation. Okay. So why are you being yeah. so offensive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to learn. I'm just trying to learn. <laughs> don't call me no Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> So did you Don't ever call me no pilgrim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mayflower. Right, right. So did you ever wonder what it's like outside of being Amish? Oh my gosh, yes. Like, <laughs> I had such a huge curiosity as a child. Like, so growing up where I grew up, it was such a small community. Mm -hmm. Like, it re it was so small. Like, we, all our roads like were they weren't paved. There were these narrow gravel dirt roads. Mm -hmm. Like that was our community and. We didn't really get any type of interaction with the outside world. English. How we, yeah, let's say outside <laughs> no, no, world. No, no, no. You can say English. You can say English. I want you to be comfortable and talk a, as if you um, would. It was like when we would go to town, which was Punxsutawney, and that was like 45 minutes from us. And I remember the one time, and we always had to hire a driver. So right. there's these non-Amish people that when they would retire, they would drive Amish people around for a right. living. Yep. That's my future plan. So we would call them to take us like into town when we needed to go. And of course we always, it was seven of us kids. So we all fought to drive along the town with mom because that was like the only time that we would really get to all, go outside. Yeah. yeah well. So, um, I mean, my sister had went along that time and we were driving and I remember I looked out the window and there was this lady and oh my, I, I just, I was so enthralled by her. She was just, she had her hair done and makeup. She had these high heels on. I was obsessed. That was the moment I became obsessed with high heels. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, mom, look. And I was, I was like, how does she walk in those? You know, and they're like yeah. this big and she's just walking out across the yard. And I, I mean, as a little girl, I was just. It was, was like magical. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was magic to me. I was like, how does she? 
And my mom's like, oh, I don't know, but that can't be safe. She's going to break her ankle. (laughs) 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 You know? She's like, there's no laces on those shoes. (laughs) What is she thinking? And that was like one of the times when we went to town and I made up my mind that I wanted to try makeup. And that's like, you're the devil. If you buy makeup, wear makeup, anything, you know. So I remember I was in the makeup aisle. I don't know where we were at a market or something. And... I you have on like as Amish kids you you're layered up like so I had on this coat this shawl this black bonnet so I was all layered up and how old are you at this time like 13 years okay. old 12 13 years old and I went in the makeup lab and I'm looking and I'm like oh, like I just wanted makeup and I took a mascara I was like five bucks and I stuck it in my pocket. oh shit <laughs> and, but, but and did you even know what it was for. Like, I knew it was for your eye, or it was supposed to make your eyelashes grow because they have the eyes on it yeah. and show these beautiful So you're like, okay, lashes. okay, it was something with my yeah. eyes. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, like, that would be awesome. Like, I'll have these beautiful big lashes. <laughs> and so we went home, and I didn't know how to put it on, right? I'm thinking you put it on and your lashes magically grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Oh, boy. So I go up. I don't know if it was waterproof, but I, oh, my gosh. I got, I went up, and you only have, like, we didn't have indoor bathrooms, so we had, like, this little mirror on our dresser. Oh, wow. And I'm using this little mirror, and I just go like this, <laughs> you know, thinking I just got to rub it on, and it's going to grow, like, the right. next day or whatever. And I mean, I looked like a raccoon. I had this stuff all over my eyes. <laughs> and I was trying my desperately to get it off because my mom, oh my gosh. You I would got have to explain off. that you stole yeah. it? Well, yeah, she wondered how I got it. <laughs> 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 so that, that would be like a double whammy. <laughs> stole it, and I've got mascara. Um, <laughs> but I got it off, and I then I read the instructions on how to <laughs> it And then I learned how to actually put it on. But, I mean, my and, and mom caught on after a while. Okay, so she you used it. Me. You used it, and and a couple times, no one even noticed after you learned how to use right. it. Right, and then because I always wear glasses for about as far back as I can remember, I always wear glasses. And um, so the one day my aunt was there, and mom's like, "Esther, come here." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> 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 no scare the jig is up. And she looked at me, and she was like, "Are you wearing makeup?" <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> yeah, what is code for I'm beat. Yeah. And mom's like, Esther, that was my aunt's name. She's like, look at her eyes. Doesn't it look like she's wearing makeup? I'm like, no. <laughs> Where would I even get it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't have any. I was like, what's that? Why is it on my eyes? You know, but I got spanked. Mm. <laughs> did you have I to did. give up the mascara then? Yeah. Like, they were like, go get it. I so sad. I uh-huh. did. I had to. I had to. So the world well, to that story is one, there are Amish shoplifters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and two, Amish kids get their ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I gotta imagine though that secret was exciting and enticing and, and it played into your, your fascination like that magic mm-hmm. moment you had when you saw the woman all done yeah, up. Yeah, I and, just um, wanted to be like as beautiful as she was. Like, right. I, just, mm-hmm. I thought she was so beautiful and I was just like... Oh, you didn't... Because uh, like, so all the women you saw must have mm-hmm. more or less looked the same. You know, and I don't want to... <laughs> s- well, I don't want to yeah, say... I don't want to say the word plain as it's right, a bad yeah. thing, but I mean, th- isn't that a term that you guys use to describe each other, like plain community or plain yeah, folk? Yeah, very conservative. <clears throat> and it's... There's no color. 
honestly. Right. Like, there's just no color. You know, there's no, it's so, and it, as a little girl, without really knowing what I was, what I was craving, but I was craving, like, vibrancy and color and joy right. and, you know, without, like. Like you said, without knowing. Right. You couldn't help it. You just needed right. that. I just wanted, that. yeah. Now, did yeah. your sisters feel feel a way just like you? Did they feel the same at all? Or did they, like, no, you know how mom said. <laughs> we're telling. So, right, we're right, telling. Yeah, I had two sisters, and um, one, they were both older than me, but the one that was, like, oldest, like, second to oldest, mm -hmm. she would tell. Like, okay. we never got along because she was super bossy, and she would always tell mom. Like, she was, like, the family tattletale. Whole monitors. <laughs> yeah. <Trigger. laughs> And then there was my other sister who, like, at the time, because she was only, like, two years older than me, she had the same curiosity that mm -hmm. I did. So we shared in that. Um, the mascara she hadn't known about. But there were other times, like, sorry, when mom would leave um, the house and us kids would stay home, like, we'd take, like, the uh, permanent red marker, so we'd color our nails. <laughs> <laughs> they really wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we really, like, there, you know, but hearing her you know? say that, it's like, that really makes a lot of sense. Right. And, but it's, it's, uh, it's enlightening to hear you say that, yeah. you know, right. because I'm sure other kids do it's stuff like that. Like, little girls yeah. want to emulate, they're except just, it's like, see their mom doing people. it. Like, you yeah. saw people <laughs> in the world doing that. And there's some, so I, I take it like there's two different types of people and like me and my older sister were like the perfect examples. Like she was one where she had no, this Amish life, that was just all she knew and she was the straight and narrow. It was enough this, for her. Yes. But then you have others like who have these, cur who are curious and they have imaginations and they just, you know, they're very imaginative. And that was me and I always was one to push the boundaries or to go outside of you wanted to explore right yeah i'm like there's more than and i wanted to know like i would question the rules like i told my mom and i would get punished for it because it was a sign of like disrespect <coughs> but you, you weren't know? you weren't trying to be disrespectful it was no, because of I your curiosity wanted to know. you wanted to understand right. why do we do the things we right. do if no one else is doing it right I just wanted to understand why we had all these set rules. And I was really young, you know, and yeah. so I was disrespectful or disobedient or, you know, you just, and even as a woman in the Amish culture, like, those are man-made rules. Yeah. Like, literally man. Yeah. <laughs> man-made rules. So it's just, you don't question it, you do what you're told. That's what I was told. Like, those aren't for us to question, they're in place for us to follow. You know, to to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. To to that point. Um, so you're saying like women are kind of insignificant in the Amish community, as right. far as like y'all don't have much say, or can't make many choices are made for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Basically. And a lot of them, yeah. And again, like I just want to touch on what I found out through growing up in Lancaster is Lancaster's a lot more lenient when it comes to that. Um, it's not as much like that. I see a lot of women being a lot more independent. Like, I don't see that so much in Lancaster. They're a lot more liberal. But in the area I grew up in, in Punxsutawney, it is just, yeah, yeah. You, you have you, very limited roles and opportunities. Oh, yeah, your role is known. Like, your role is known. You, you go to school till eighth grade. After eighth grade, you're taught how to 
be a woman, so to speak, how to be a housekeeper, how to be a wife, that starts at 14 years it. old. And that's it. Oof. And at 17 is when room shrinking starts down there. And then you're expected to be married by 19 years old. Like, holy shit. The more conservative right. communities, like, that's it's really just oppressive. like boom, boom, boom. Like, you know. You're still a kid at 19. Yeah. Right. But I mean, my sisters and my mom, like, both my one sister got married at 18, the other one at 19. My mom got married at 18. So it's like, and I'm the youngest one. <laughs> You're the youngest daughter. Daughter, yeah. So the pressure and the expectations for me was like up to here, you know. <clears throat> so at what point, you come to Lancaster County, you're 14, you're here. Uh, at what age do you, I would imagine there was like a series of like maybe trial and error, like trying to step your foot over the line, but not mm. sure how to break away. At what point did you leave? So that's kind of a whole another takes me, that's a whole another story in itself. I had actually, when we had moved to Lancaster and I started Rumspringa, which was 16 years old. Uh, I actually had a question about that. Could you explain uh, what Rumspringa is for um, our, our, our audience before you jump into Sounds that. Tell so. the English <laughs> what Rumspringa is. Okay, so Rumspringa <clears throat> is, um, and Lancaster starts at 16, in um, Ponsatawney, Smixburg Amish, it starts at 17. Those are two completely different Rumspringas, but I started Rumspringa in Lancaster, and that is when you turn 16 years old, basically you're considered an adult in the Amish community. At that age, you can start making your own decisions without your parents getting in trouble for the choices that you're making. If it's outside of like, like if you're breaking the rules or you're not living, you know, you're not following the right. rules. The, your parents aren't going to be held responsible by right. the bishops of the church. Right, because you're 16 years old, you're responsible. And as long as you did not get baptized, which when you turn 16 years old, you can get baptized anytime after that. Um, so if you're not baptized, you're not tied to the church, you're not tied to your parents, you're out here, you can live your life. And um, the baptism means you're a member of the Amish church, and now you have to, as an yes. adult, you've committed, and you have to follow the rules, the re repercussions if you don't. Yes. Rumspringer is, you didn't get baptized, you might, but you're going to do some experiences right. before you make your decision? Yes. Okay. So, the Lancaster, Rumspringer and Lancaster... Honestly, it's so much fun. It is so <laughs> much yeah. fun. Some hockey and driving around yes. and getting wings at your place <laughs> like, and stuff. The guys all play sports. Sports are huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Sports are huge. Like, you know, we play they volleyball, they the play hockey, the they hockey. play baseball. Like, sports are huge. I probably did a lot more through Rome Spring and growing up Amish than I've ever done in my life. Like, we would take like trail riding trips, like horseback riding. We all had horses. We'd go trail trail riding. We went skydiving. We really? go to the beach. We go to Florida. We like every weekend what? there was a party how, how somewhere. Long, how long was Rushmore? Oh yeah. Really? Y'all do all of that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know none of that. Like, <laughs> yo, I went to an Amish baseball That's tournament. Like spring break. I went right. to an Amish baseball tournament one time and was like floored at the talent. Was like, yo. How is there no scouts at this spot trying to, like, corrupt like, these kids? Because yeah. they ball, man. And hockey, like, as soon as mm -hmm. it gets cold, you see them skating on the field, and you're like, oh, they made a little ice rink, and they're out there. <laughs> they yeah. all got the equipment. Let me – I got to be this guy because it is still say less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were teenagers once, 
as, and, uh, <laughs> I already see where you go. Oh, with this. When we were teenagers, you know, we did things like yeah, experimented. We experimented. We did. We did. We might have smoked a little something and drank a little something. Touched maybe a little had, something. Maybe had some <laughs> pre premarital, you know, promiscuity. The S word. <laughs> um, <laughs> do y'all do that? Yeah, I mean drugs is huge in some of them. I'm not cocaine's the biggest thing. Really? Oh, I'm just teenagers yeah. snorting cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest drug within smoking the weed that they grew. That's pretty good. Uh, smoking <laughs> weed hasn't been um, as big. I mean, it's more coming, but cocaine has where would you guys get the cocaine without naming names but you know what I mean like we were always able to get anything even if we didn't know a guy we could talk to somebody and we could get anything right, we right, needed right. I'm curious how you know there's got to be someone bringing it into the community but being able to keep it a secret well you remember like, that, that story um that was be all before our time, though. Yeah, that was what, like, So I would think they got ago. a little bit more, like... When the guy, the, the, the Amish pagans guy, were... The, they got... There was a whole Amish yeah. pagan... They were growing coke or something, right? They were growing weed and trading it for coke and supplying weed. That was a big deal. That was, like, yeah. national news. And that was, yeah. like, several um, different Amish yeah. communities were doing that. It was, like, a big deal, man. And it's still... It's smart. <laughs> yeah. So who is the plug? Net-net <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, you guys would party in right. a barn... When all the adults were sleeping, so and somebody it, would disappear behind the barn and come back with their hair messed up. Well, it's that's not as big. Okay. Honestly, that's not. Um, because you get a bad rep, real right. quick. Right. There are some girls that will, but you always know who the girls were. Oh. Like, you know, and they were popular. I mean, they just didn't really give a shit. You know, they were one of the ones where you know how some girls. Honestly, it's almost like a high school without being in a high school. Like you, there's your cliques. Like you have your cliques. There's the cool mm. girls. There's the girls that the girls that party and are out doing whatever they, that don't care. Then the girls that are like, you know, uh, like we're that. gonna sit here and talk about yeah. that. Right? You yeah. have your little like groups. Okay. You have your cliques. Like um, so, you had the group of girls that would party. They drank. You know, they did whatever. Um, you had the other girls then that would never drink. They'd go to parties, but they wouldn't drink. They just hang out and have fun with everyone else. Um, That's pretty interesting. So normal. <laughs> I mean, that all sounds Honestly, really you normal know and relatable. Where a lot of these parties right. were is like these Amish guys that have these construction businesses because they all start really young. They start right. building their business. Ninth really grade, young. they're working with their uncles yeah. and, and dads. So there and was stuff. this one had a huge shop, and when I say huge shop, I mean. A huge shop like and it was bi-level so he would back just back all his trucks out fisher construction no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i think he's married now so I probably yeah okay yeah, yeah. Like, he's not watching <laughs> <laughs> i don't even be surprised yeah. i even got smartphones now yeah, and yeah. they're on facebook so um but you go up the stairs like you go up the stairs and then there was like a lounge area he had television up there like it was really cool like but you guys seen the hub parties on Amish Mafia, right? Like yeah, that was, that I've been watching was it all like, week. Because <laughs> I, I, I hadn't saw it before, so I, I caught up this week. I've been right. that was That's very accurate. Like, those type of parties. Really? Very accurate. Okay. And they're huge. So right? Levi's the plug. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy with the braids was the plug. Uh, what was his name? Alan. Alan, he was the plug. Because yeah. he, was, he was halfway in, halfway out, because he was black. But he got adopted by the... Um, Oh uh, shit! Did a lot so of, it was the black he guy. Did a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> he did a 
lot of betting on games and stuff. Yeah. He was gambling. He ran the book. Is he really Amish? Yeah, he was adopted into a Mennonite family. When he was I, a, I have yeah. seen yeah, that Amish adopted into a family. There's a lot of black Amish um, in uh, Shippensburg. Is it? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me and my tails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and <laughs> Marquise goes to the cabin once a month. He with his cousins, Jacob. <laughs> and, Je- and Jebediah. I mean, I got a cabin right next door. So. <laughs> now, just imagine how those black Amish parties yeah. go. <laughs> Cause they're looking at them girls turning butter and they're like, you got some technique, girl. Oh, man. <laughs> look it up, look at her wrists. Squeeze yeah. <laughs> both hands. Black yeah. yeah. Amish people got them twerking and everything. <laughs> <laughs> they lit. Damn. Turn it up, DJ. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, so while we're on um, uh, Amish Mafia, um, how did you get involved in that, with that? Like, how, how did they approach you? Did, did you have to, like, send in a promo tape? How much yeah. of it was real? <laughs> okay, so that all came about, like, I we got the connection through Alan. Um, he had went to uh, New York to a Food Network show, and... He, that's where he met the production company that ended up filming all these Amish shows, actually. And um, they had asked him, they got to talking about Amish people, and they had asked him if he knows any Amish people, and he was like, well, yeah, I do. And as they were on the topic, he was explaining how, um, uh, about the Amish. So, of course, Amish Mafia is not actually called Amish Mafia, it's actually called Amish Aid. So there's a lot of reality behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not called Amish Mafia. So that was sensationalized for TV. Of course. Right. I mean, if you were scrolling through your channels and it said Amish Aid, would you click on right. it? Right. No, no, no. Amish I, Mafia, yeah. you're like, no, you, Damn. Yeah, you, you're <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? I watch yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> that was, that's so, um, clever. But there's a lot of reality behind the concept of the show. Um, <coughs> of course, like a lot of other uh, reality televisions, uh, a lot of it is enhanced. You know, there's there a lot of it was enhanced, but there was also a lot of reality behind it. Yeah. Um. So Al- anyway, Alan came to me actually. I had not known Alan for that long prior to that, but he had come to me. And you guys were technically on Rumspringa at this time. Or yeah, you had I had left. never become a member of the church. Okay. So at that point, um, I think I was in my middle twenties, but he had come to me and he asked me about, and I said no, like three times I had said no and then he just kept coming back he's like come on Esther like they really want to meet you you know and I was like all right screw it. what's the worst thing that can happen you know yeah. so um we met up and from there meeting them um we did a promo tape we sent it to they took it to um there's a once a year in New York they do these uh, the network castings where all the networks are there you present your idea your pilot and and they tell you if they're interested in picking it up or not. Okay. Yeah. So um, Discovery was interested in it, but they wanted more of the Amish aid concept. TLC like the breaking Amish concept. So oh, okay. that's how the two variations came. Is there like Discovery was like, okay, we like the Amish aid idea, we like that, but breaking Amish was like, we want to see kids breaking out of the Amish culture okay. and experiencing the outside So that's world how those two time. entities were born. Yes. Yep. 
So first we shot Breaking Amish, and um, I was a producer on Breaking Amish. Um, I did most of the casting nice. for that show. Okay. Well, that's... So... You you picked kids in the community that you knew or knew people you knew? So, Rebecca, I actually grew up with her in Ponsatawney. Okay. We went to the same school, and her mom was my school teacher for a number of years. Um... Her name was Verna. Her mom's name was Verna. So she was my school teacher, and then her aunt would substitute sometimes for me, or for me, for her mom. And we grew up in the same church, same school, everything. And then Abe, which was her boyfriend or her husband, um, was my first cousin. Okay. So the Schmuckers from Baking Amish are first cousins to me. Okay. To my family. Nice. Um, we have a uh, question from the audience, uh, Heather Brady Williams. Uh, she says, "Are you going to be back on TV again?" That's a, <laughs> a question we've been getting so much, and it will be coming back. I just don't say too much about it because I don't have a time, I don't have a day, I don't have much information on it yet. Um, there's a few things that we had been working on, and we kind of needed to quiet the community down <laughs> for a while because there was, you know. That You're saying Amish Mafia is coming back in some form? Yes. Okay. Yep. But you had to smooth things out with the local Amish community because they didn't like the way portrayals were, were being presented? Yeah, there was a lot going on that um, needed to be taken care of, like, outside of, you know, right. the camera. So, so what, um, if if any, what kind of uh, um, pushback did you receive uh, from from the community uh, after after the show's aired? I mean, of course there's a lot of Amish people that it, I'm pretty sure it <laughs> put them in a numb type of mind shock. I don't know, because it's so... It was the first time that anything Amish has ever been televised. Mm. Um, so it was a struggle even for us at first because of um, our beliefs growing up and then doing this is like... In an, in an Amish person's eyes, it's like the worst thing you could possibly do. Right. Mm. It's take your culture. It's seen as exploitive. Yeah. Right. right. So I struggle with that for a long time. But then I'm like, you know what? It's not exploiting. There's so much curiosity that. And my mindset kind of changed when I started um, becoming really curious about different cultures as well. Like, I love different cultures, talking to people that come from different cultures, you know. And I'm like, there's such a huge huge interest there and nobody ever talked about it like mm -hmm. nobody ever opened up nobody ever talked about it and I'm like so you could be not? like an ambassador right. for your people I mean you're here on our show and I would bet that a lot of people watching this or who will listen to this are well, hearing things that right. th Think they the just, it's yeah. totally new information to them yeah and maybe Maybe they live five blocks from here and they got to drive through Amish country to get to their job, but now they have a different perspective or a new knowledge because right. you're not going to pull over a buggy and just ask them a bunch of questions. Right, right, right. And, um, and that speaks to your curiosity as a child to want to, without knowing what it was, needing more, wanting more, mm -hmm. and wanting to understand why it was the way it was. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool that that traje trajectory of your life, mm -hmm. that you're now in a position where you can say, I'm not doing this to be exploitive, I'm doing this to be educational. Right. You know. And it really is, and I, I love that because there's so many misconceptions. Like, 
for when the tax thing was huge. We got that all the time. Like, I would get angry messages all the time. It's like, oh, screw this, fuck that, because Amish people don't pay taxes. And Which like, is absurd. Yeah, that's Why would we not crazy. pay taxes? Yeah. Like, we can't yeah. write off, we're not exempt. We pay public school taxes, public schools, not just the roads. Right. Public schools, and we don't use them. We right. have our own private schools. So there's a lot of, we pay taxes just like everybody else. Yeah. The only and thing we are exempt from is um, <coughs> vaccine shots. And military service. Yeah, that, vaccine shots, military service, and then um, we're not exempt from paying Social Security, but we're not allowed to collect Social Security. Right, oh, so you pay Social the, Security, you but you don't so collect, we collect it. Yeah. No, wow. like yeah. my stepfather, he paid Social Security all his life, and when he had become disabled, he was <coughs> not allowed to collect it. So technically, you pay more than your fair share. Yeah. So that was yeah. one of the biggest things was. Which uh, is like a smack in the face, considering people would look at you like, oh, they they're getting off on the system, but really, the system taking yeah. advantage of you. Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> one of the other uh, misconceptions that people have is that when you get uh, when you leave the church, you're shunned and like you can't come mm -hmm. back, mm -hmm. and the people don't speak to you. But yeah, that's, I, I would even thought that too. That's not true, right? In Lancaster, it's a lot more uh, liberal like that. Like, and that makes that depends on whether you were already baptized or if you weren't. Right. So if you, okay, I'm talking about Lancaster right now because in Punxsutawney, when you left, you were just done. Period. There was no baptism, whether you baptized or not, you were just done. And they considered like you don't even exist yes, anymore. Yes, like you're, you're dead. You're to a the loved world. one that died, and they yes. just mourn your memory. So oh, down wow. there, that's it. Done. Like you would have to leave in the middle of the night, type stuff. Whew. Wow. So that's how my brother, when he left, he <coughs> was 17 or 18 years old, and that's how he left. He, we found <coughs> um, his hair all over his bedroom floor. He cut his hair. He cut his, chopped his hair off and bounced in the middle of the night. And we had no way of, like, contacting him because right. he didn't have a phone. We didn't have phones. So, you know, and he wouldn't dare come back like that. Because he, he knows he wouldn't ready. be welcome. Yeah. So, in, but in Lancaster, you're saying there's a technicality of like you more, have yeah. gone through formally joining the Amish church, then you leave. Some people might shun you. Everybody that's a member has to shun you. Okay, I've oh, seen yeah. <coughs> when I when I worked construction, I've seen uh, we would go into a shop in Burdenham. Yeah. And the guy I worked with, he wouldn't go in and would give me the list of materials to get because the guys in the shop wouldn't wouldn't sell to, wouldn't him. Sell to yeah. him. Yeah. And, he's, and he was New Order Amish, mm -hmm. so he drove and right. all that stuff. But he had probably left. He left order. his yep. old order Amish yeah. and went to the New Order Amish. Yeah. And it was curious, his parents actually then left the old order to go to the New Order mm -hmm. so they wouldn't have to shun him, mm -hmm. his wife, and their grandchildren. Yeah. Which, that moved me because I was like, that had to be a really difficult decision for them to make, mm -hmm. considering that they would also be shunned. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, it, you know, it's the little thing where it's like, hey, we're vastly different, but our relationship store is important. Mm -hmm. it, it is. It's very much like that. And Lancaster, it is like, if you are not a member of the church, people can choose whether they want to shun you or not. So it's up to each person. If you are a member of the church, everybody that's a member of the church has Perfect. to shun you and has to follow the rules of the shunning, because if they don't, then they can get shunned as well. <laughs> Right. So it doesn't matter if it's your son, your brother, mother, it doesn't matter, whoever it is. So really it's like don't join the church unless right. you're really, really yeah. sure you right. want to join yeah. the church. Yep. 
Because even then, I mean, people think they want to, or sometimes right. people join out of pressure because especially the expectations are high. Like for women, at a, you're expected to join by a certain age, and usually in line because it's like early 20s, you're expected to join. Right. And if you don't, then, you know, people start talking, you just start coming talking to you, your parents start talking to you. Like, what's going on with you? Yeah, you, uh, and so that was, yeah, that was the... <laughs> What, had, what I had dealt with then is everybody was just, there was a lot of pressure, and I was dating an Amish guy at the time, and he wanted to get married, he was baptized, I wasn't. He wanted to get married, you can't get married unless you're baptized. And you were like, I'm not, I, was like, I know not. in the back and of you know, my as mind. As a matter of fact, I'm like, I don't even know that I want to marry you. Yeah. So I just... Well, good for yeah. you for not caving no. to the, the rigid mm -hmm. structure, I mean, because... You, you would have dampened yeah. your own spirit. Yeah. You know. And my, my mom actually was very, very upset. Very upset with me. Because she felt like this was going to... Because she always was worried that I might leave. Yeah. So when I was dating him and he was talking about getting married and he was a member of the church and he was, you know, doing everything that my parents... Yeah. And my All mom was about to be over. Yeah, she to her that was the stability and security that they had been looking for in in me. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just wasn't having it. No. <laughs> I was like, nope. How <laughs> if you don't mind me asking uh, two questions. I, I have you you like eventually found your brother and reconnected with him after he left? And how is your relationship with your mom now? So my brother, yes, we ended up moving to Lancaster. He still was not Amish, but they moved to Lancaster too. And then he started being able to communicate with my parents a little bit. Uh, my mom was still on the fence, but he would just stop by the house sometimes. And um, what was the second question? Uh, how is your relationship, relationship with your mom parents? now? Oh, it's great now. Great. It oh, is. Awesome. It took a, a long, long time. time. But it's great now, and it's to the point where um, my mom knows a lot of what I'm doing. Um, she knows what my passion is. She knows what my heart is. And she it's speaking to her. Right. She's finally right. accepted yes. that it's not a bad thing yeah. that you have to be true to yourself. Yes. And it's speaking to her. And one of the last Sundays I went to visit her, um, she was just like, you know, Esther, she was like, I need to spend more time with you, she said. Oh. She said, I need to spend more time with you. And she'll say things like, um, she just, she's like, I admire the free spirit you have. Right. She's like, I admire I gotta the feel free pretty spirit. good. Right. Oh, it made me cry. Like, <laughs> it, it made me cry because I'm like, all those years of fighting, losing family, losing friends to follow my heart. Like, right. it makes me, like, want to yeah. cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, know? I'm I'm happy that you, right. that you have that, yeah. like, right, sense right. of healing with yeah. her. I mean, because that's so important. It, it, was, it was huge. It was a long, long journey. But I was so determined and so persistent because I had a vision. Like, mm -hmm. I had a vision, and I knew, like, what my mom wanted, just it wasn't me. Like, it just was not... At 14 years old, my sisters are getting married at 18 and 19, and I'm like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not yeah. going to be me. Like, you needed to spread your wings, basically, yeah. right? Um, I just want to take a moment to say 734kicks.com. Uh, they launched last week. Uh, make sure you go check them out. 734kicks.com. Go get yourself some sneakers. Get me some, too. I'm a size 11. 
Um, now back to what I I want to get a little more serious because um, I'm hearing there's a there's some issues with sexual assault going on on uh, in the Amish community. Um, is this true? Is it something you can touch on? It is, yeah. And again, I'm just going to clarify on that because um, it's, again, a huge difference in the cultures, like in Lancaster right. um, and in the community I grew up in. It doesn't happen in Lancaster, yes, but it's a lot less than where I grew up. So, um, and you know, it's always the most conservative groups of Amish people. Like, right. you get into the more liberal groups, the more open-minded, you know, you, there's no, I don't want to say that there's no problems there, but there really is not problems like that there. They're the, a lot the more problems open. problems ain't that serious. No, like, but you get into these communities and these conservative, strict, rigid communities, there's a there's a problem. There's right. a huge problem. Because they don't have, they don't have the, the freedom to move how they want to no. move and do what they want to do. Because I guess you're saying it's more free. You got more freedom over here with the Lancaster than what right. you did. So is, is it that? Yeah, and it's even like there's very conservative groups even in Lancaster, um, which I mean recently was in the newspaper about this guy molesting these girls for years. You know, I don't know if you guys read that. I do. And then gets what two and a half years? Yeah. For like oh, 12 years of sexual that. yeah. abuse. That's crazy. And I'm telling you, like, I it's a very passionate subject for me because um, we also recently, we just started an organization. Um, it's called Voices of Hope. Voices of Hope is a women's organization that um, is specifically for, like, women that were sexually abused, um, molested, domestic violence, all that. Because it's huge. It's huge. There's a problem there, and the problem is, so it happened to every speaker that was there. You know, it happened to me, and it took me a long, long, long time to be able to talk about that but and open you, up. Are you even allowed to talk about it if, when you're um, Amish to say it? No. You're not? No. There's no system for reporting no, it? No, you have, you have no outlet. You have no outlet. So you just like, got to deal with it, and that's it. Yes. And so the person... The, so the community that I grew up in, and in these conservative cultures, it's, even though it happened to you, when it happens to you, it's your fault. Ugh. As a woman, it is your fault. Whether you oh, gave Jesus. this man the wrong idea, you looked at him the wrong way. Even if you're a little girl. Yes, it's your fault. Wow. One That's of the women, horrifying. one of the speakers that was there, it started for her at six years old. Oh my gosh. And it happened years. Uh, I mean, I six can't. years old up into her teen years by her uncles. And they blamed her. Yeah, it was her it was her fault. It was something that she did and she, you know, even as a little girl, because they're so tight <coughs> on how you handle yourself as a woman and how You have no agency to begin with and then when you're victimized it's because you did something wrong. Right. That has to destroy your spirit. And as she grew older, her story is as she grew older and she went to this this um, man's wife and she asked her, did you know that your husband was sexually molesting me for years? And she said yes. 
Right. And she said, why oh didn't you God. do something about it? And she's like, that's my husband. Supposed to wow. let it happen. Like it has yeah. to so that's, that's her first, husband. First, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, and I respect the fact that you can talk about it. Uh, if you reported it, would anything be done? Like, it, it, There's no system of accountability where it's like the bishops of the church say this is not okay and it has to stop? Once, not really, no. The bishop's job is to handle it within the church. And keep it quiet. And keep it quiet. Out of the and courts. And you know what they do about it? If you go within the church, you know what he, okay, you're shunned for three to six months or may, maybe a year. You're the, guy shunned. Who, the guy, the guy who, did, who did, it. did it, you're shunned. That's it. You're shunned just like the person that left the Amish, just like the person that maybe was found smoking. And it's temporary. So, so, that, the so, the temporary so that's the worst punishment you could have is being Amish is just being shunned? Yeah, that's it. But there, you're still able to victimize other people. special or somebody within the culture to be like, you know what, this is wrong. But that's very rare. They're there, but it's very rare. And often it takes from an outside person to find out. To find out. That's how it gets found out. That's how it gets reported. Right. Because we don't we don't see charges in court proceedings very often. And when we do, we see a large outpouring from the Amish community saying that they wanted to handle it internally. Yeah. Yeah. And we the public understand that that means they're really not gonna do anything about it. Right. And that's where we come to not. That's where we come to a really hard place to say, like, this is still my community. Mm -hmm. You know, you live seven miles away from me and you molest children. Right. And no one's stopping you. Right. That's really scary. And it's, it's a subject that took me a very, very long time to talk about because there's a fine line of being able to talk about my life and talk about my story without sounding like I'm coming from a vindictive or disrespectful place. In the meantime, I this is my story. And it took me a long time to be able to talk about it because of fear of what everyone around me from my culture is going to think. Not about what happened, but about the fact that I'm making the Amish look bad. Okay. So there was, it's a very... You know, it, it <laughs> it's that's instilled in you yeah. from an early age, so it's hard to break that. It that was hard feeling, to make that, that thought process that they yeah. gave you. And even still, like I sit here days like today, and I'm like, man, like, you know, some Amish people watch this or see this, and I know they will because they're all over social media. It's a little hard to. Uh, it's like, but you, I ha instantly have to knock that voice out. And you also know I'm that like, maybe one story, of them is going like, through it and right. hasn't yeah. found the courage to talk about it or tell somebody. Yeah. And maybe so they'll, they maybe you. they reach right. out to right. you. Right. Right. You know, maybe they reach yeah. out to you and say, I, I, need, help I need help being yeah. rescued from this. And you know, that happened like, because from my, when that happened to me, um, I had just turned 14, like two months. Mm -hmm. I had just turned 14. And I got pregnant from it. At 14 years old, I got pregnant from it. So the other thing is like in Punxsutawney, Smithsburg, Amish, you, you never have the, the talk. Like you never had the, the talk about sex, how babies are made, where what comes from, how it happens. You never have that topic. You don't it is know. so hush hush. And 
when me and my cousins would get curious, we would ask our moms. We were at my aunt's house. We asked them, like, where do babies come from? How? Like, and you're told they never want to hear that from you again. That's not in your business to know. You're too young. You you don't talk right. about it. There's so women that you don't get even married know the and don't even know what they're supposed to do. You don't right? know. Right. You, <laughs> you don't know. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No. No, it's but weird. It's People so don't talk about sex, bathroom, or dying. And it's yeah. like, right. we all do that. Yeah. Right. You know, right, like, right, you right. can't live without doing those things. Right. So. And the thing is, it's like, in there, there was so much perversion because of that. Repression. Yeah. Like, so there's so much right. perversion and there's so much. Makes sense. So much sexual assault because it's so. And it's already set up as a hierarchy where women might be even right. third class. And you have very limited opportunity. You have your rigid uh, roles to fill. So you're a built-in victim that has to keep quiet. And if you say something, everyone says it's your fault. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it makes you internalize it and say, oh, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. And all the while, you're just a kid. So if you got pregnant at 14 from rape, is that why you guys moved to Lancaster? No, that just happened. So my mom, my father had passed away when I was really young. I'm sorry. So he, I was like two years old, he passed away. And my mom was a widow for like 12 years. And then she remarried to my now um, stepfather. Um, she had been married to him, oh what, when we thousand for about, not quite 18 years. And um, we moved to Lancaster we I didn't find out that I was pregnant until I was in Lancaster. Okay. Um, the timing is cool. Yeah, because the month we moved and the month it happened was in the same month. Um, so that's how, you know, and then when I had the baby here at 15 years old, I just turned 15. And um, the church, my parents, everyone I knew wanted me to give up my son. He's now going to be 17 on Friday. And they wanted me to give him up. And I remember um, he was just maybe two weeks old and we had like five buggies pulled into the driveway. And I knew it was about me. I knew it was, you know, mom and dad didn't say anything, but it's like preachers, other members of the church, and they all stood outside for like an hour. And then after that, my mom and dad came in and you know, Esther, we need to talk to you, and they said that, you know, the church members were here, and they just, they're concerned because they don't know what they're going to tell their kids. Why not you have they're a baby, concerned you're not married. about me, but not concerned about what might have happened to me, but they're concerned about what are we going to tell our children? How are we going to explain this? Wow. And so And they all knew that you were raped. No, no. I hadn't told anybody. No no so at this point no one knows. No, nobody. They're just knew like how are we gonna happened. explain that you have a baby? Nobody and you're knew not what married. happened. And me and my mom's relationship was so rocky and she was just already like she throughout the entire pregnancy I hadn't been to one doctor. I hadn't been anywhere. When the baby was born, I we had nothing, no diapers, no milk, no clothes, nothing. That baby was born, it and w- they had to run and go get stuff yet. I mean, but they knew you were pregnant. 
I mean, I would think my mom would yeah, have known. Yeah. You know, I would have. But think so my mom no prenatal know. care, Nothing. no doctor's appointments. Yeah. The baby comes totally unprepared. Yeah. Emotionally, I can't even imagine what yeah. you were going so through. They were, they were denied the whole entire time. Yeah, like I think my mom, it was her way of dealing with it was just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, pretending it's not that's, there. That's crazy. And so she said that they want me to give him up to foster care. And I said, absolutely not. And then they said the next alternative was, well, what if an Amish family adopts him? I said, I'm not giving up my baby. Like, I'm not giving up my son. And so then they came back again. Everybody was getting frustrated. My parents were getting frustrated. And then my parents were like, okay, so what if we adopt him and raise him as our own? And I said, okay, I said, and as you adopt him and as you raise him as your own, are you going to tell him the truth? Are you going to tell him that you're actually the grandparents and I, his sister is his mom? And my mom said, no. And I said, then no. Can you imagine the psychological yeah, yeah. damage you would do? And you are aware him? of that at that age. Yeah, I'm, you know, like, your, I'm not your doing that to parental him. Instinct. Mother instincts. Yeah, yeah that's... I was yeah, like, God I'm not doing that because I said somebody somewhere is going to tell him if you don't. Yeah. He's going to find out. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to go walk about, be in Walmart, be whatever, and wonder for each kid that I know would be his age, is that my son? Oof. Right. Like, I couldn't imagine no, I couldn't that. As well, a happy mother. birthday to him. Right. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine that. And they just, I end up leaving home at 16 years old with my son because it just, I wasn't allowed to hold him in public, take care of him in oh public. No. Like we went to church. Yeah, this we is went to church. I had to go in with the girls, like nothing happened. My mom was holding the baby because what are we gonna tell our kids? What how are we gonna explain this to our no. kids? Well, I would, I would and and where did you go when you left? At um, sixteen Amish with the baby and and no real no real preparation or or understanding of what you're supposed to be doing. So my brothers had started going to a non-Amish church. They were 16, 17 years old at the time, and they had met this family, Wayne and Brenda, and it turns out that they had lived only about two miles from my parents' house. And so I walked over to their house, and I knocked on her door, and I asked her if I could stay there for a while, and I just told her what's going on, and she said, yeah, of course, you know. And so I got a job. Um, I started working, started going to market, and then um, I actually went, I was New Order. So I had went New Order, I was still Amish, but I just had went to New Order. And they were very, they were a godsend. They helped me find an apartment, they helped me, you know, with everything that I needed. Um, got me back on my feet, and then um, I was New Order from like 16 to 19. And then at 19 years old, um, I went back to being old order Amish. Um, my parents had, my mom had written me a letter and then she had come to visit me. And we had a talk and she just said that she, you know, um, she said she's sorry. She said that she understands I'm keeping my son. That's okay. And um, will I come back home? And I did. And um, yeah. I got my son. Yeah. <laughs> that's and Seventeen that, that's, years that's old next great. week. Yeah. Yep. That's great. <laughs> well at least the story had a happy ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's a hell of a Going story too. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's uh so I'm 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 glad you didn't quit. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thinking. thing. Like, like you kept wow. pushing. Like, mm-hmm. wow. To, and honestly, it feels like a lot of the time you were alone. Right. Save oh, for a few yeah. guardian angels mm-hmm. that came in your hour of need. It's a hell of a lot of strength you have and determination. And, uh, I mean, it's inspiring. Definitely. That's where I felt alone. Honestly, the majority of the time I've, I've never had felt so alone in my life. But that's where my vision came from as an advocate for other women. Was unlike, um, I never want any young mother, any woman, no matter what she's going through, to feel as alone as I did. Like, you know, I was super young. That was when I was 16. And I'm like... I want to be a connection to women, not just Amish women, but women all around the world mm-hmm. as a place to come to. Which and I wanna needed. yeah. Right. I wanna share my story and I wanna share you know, I want them to know. I want to be coping methods, way to handle it, yes. outlets, like what you yeah. can do. Because the only time that I had found an outlet or found a way to semi cope was through women that I had met outside of the community right. that reached out. And the that was when I realized how fucked up it was what had happened to me and how the Amish community handled it. Right. When they were like, wow, you know, they opened my eyes. To, that wasn't that your is fault. not You're normal. So that wasn't your yeah. fault. Yeah, and brainwashed. they were like, that is not normal. Like, you know, th- and that's when my eyes started being opened and... I was like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you instantly start to think that there's other people like me yeah. right, that right. don't oh, know that this a, isn't oh, normal. Yeah. Yep. And you want to help them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, again, that's, you know, a lot of people, they, they suffer things and they internalize it. And even if they get some kind of healing or closure, they don't go into the world and open those wounds back up right. to try and help other people. Right. And that's, I think that takes a special strength to do that. And uh, I mean, I'm glad you're here today telling yeah. us these I, things. The story's answers. amazing. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's emotional. Amazing. Told y'all she's the shit. She yeah. <laughs> Definitely strong. I, um, I admire you so much as a mother myself because I probably would have, I probably would have quit. But, well, just thinking like, I, I don't know if I could have did that, but being a mother, it's like, all right, look, I gotta push, I gotta get my son, yeah. I gotta get my daughters, I have two daughters. And you so it's like Right, exactly, like, yeah. but thinking that process, it's like, it's it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming, but you did it, girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. So, in, um, do you work with any program locally that you care to, to promote or talk about? I mean, just, in, if anyone's listening, it might be a resource they can they could find, um, I know that we have like the victim youth advocate, but that's usually after a court proceeding. Mm-hmm. So a whole lot of mess has to happen before you can get hooked up with Let somebody. Let me just tell you how there is no support in Lancaster when it comes to any type of violence or yeah. for sexual assault victims or domestic violence. There's nothing, yeah. like there's really nothing there. So there's me and um, this uh, chiropractor, she just, she moved down from Georgia um, and we are in the process of opening a women's group locally for women. Um, we also have a, um, I have a, there's an organi- organization, it's called Voices of Hope. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. We had our first our first event in April. It was like a two day conference. We sold out. We okay. sold out tickets that sold out. We have another one coming up in October. It's going to be in Middlefield, Ohio. And and Voices of Hope. It's called Voices deals of Hope. Specifically with abuse, sexual abuse yes. of women. Yeah. And so uh, that's an organization that we should all look into and yeah. promote and support. Yes. So okay. it, this one is a, it's a two day conference. It's in Middlefield, Ohio. Um, the one after that is going to be in April again. That's in Indiana. We're just moving from state okay. to state. Um, and you're, and you're tr uh, like, are you um, trying to specifically work with Amish people too? Like, not just English. Oh yeah, everybody's okay. welcome. Yeah. It was just our last um, uh, in April, our first one. It was incredible because I mean, it was a lot of Amish women that had left. There was some still Mennonites, some still all of them. In some way, shape, or form, had come from a conservative, and we were packed out. Yeah. And there were six of us speakers, and when I went to get my lunch to sit down to eat, I couldn't even eat. There was women lined up, like older women, wanting to talk, and one of these women was, I want to say, seventy-five or seventy-six years old, and she broke down. And she was like, you know, she was like, I thought all these years that I had healed from what had happened to me. And she was like, I never, she never allowed it out and then to process it. Like, we're so used to she all swallowed that, that for yeah, her whole life. all that yucky stuff. We just want to, we shove it deep down in, you know, we shove it down in because it hurts to deal with. And we're ashamed. We don't right. want anyone to know because we are ashamed. Because we are, we're taught it's our fault. It's right. something that we did. And all, all of, I mean, all of society does that. I mean, yeah. we, we you know, we still do that. Yeah. We always blame the victim, especially if it's a woman. We always blame the victim. It's horrifying. That's one of the things, and I, I want to slight a little bit to speak on that. Is it infuriates me, and I see it all the time, all over social media, anytime that there's a woman that is in a domestic violence situation, other people attack the woman. They're like, it's her fault, like she didn't read. Like, what? And I'm like, do you understand what happens to a woman right. in that situation? We're very cruel. As a people, we are very cruel. People, instead of going at the person that did it, you sit there and you are bashing the woman, making her feel even more ashamed. And what they right. don't know that they're doing is you're pushing her further into that shitty situation right. by making her feel even more ashamed and even more guilty than what she already is. And the people witnessing that who might need to speak up about their victimization won't because they see the they victim see the, being attacked. Oh my God. So it, it drives it me promotes insane. the culture. It drives me insane. And the other thing is where the problem is, is so many women buy into um, the defendant's story. You would think as a women that as women we would tend we should come together more than what we do. We right. should come together Some more. Some solidarity. We should, yeah, we should support each other. But there's so much division. There is so much division when it comes to women, and we don't realize how much we are hurting ourselves because we're so 
for example, when it comes to when it comes to that, there's women that instead of supporting and uplifting each other and encouraging each other, and do you know how freaking powerful we would be if we would unstoppable? Oh my gosh, if we would just unite and understand <clears throat> that we're all on the same freaking. But society journey. also forces you co to compete with each other in right, every aspect right. of life. That is so Compete stupid. for a man. Compete for a career. Compete for attention. Compete for recognition. So then you have this, that, that programming that you're mm -hmm. given, and then everyone that doesn't break free of that programming treats each other that way too. And it's like a cast in society. Mm -hmm. And then when you do have a problem or you need help or you are a victim, it's like push that one away, silence that one, hide that one because we don't want to help and we also don't want to look at our own stuff. Right. And it's uh it's it like you said, it's a it's a damage that affects everyone. It really is. And I think a lot of times as women even we don't stop long enough to think and to even realize that when we look beyond each person's exterior, when we look beyond each person's exterior, we all see that we have the same issues. We all have the same insecurities. We all have the same fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of not measuring up to the next woman or feeling like we're insignificant because maybe their social media page, they look like, you know, whatever. Right. We're comparing ourselves, and I had posted status about this because it really hit home. Like, I started writing, is I'm like, we're comparing ourselves to nothing but filtered, photoshopped injections and surgeries of other, because and that's the image yeah. looks good. Right. We see a picture and we're like, wow, like I wish I looked like that. But if you would take all that away, you would see a woman that has the exact same insecurities that I do and that you do and mm -hmm. that, you know. That's, I'm, yeah. I, so I, we don't, we, we fail to stop long enough to just think, you know. And I, I love Lancaster. I think Lancaster is doing a lot of incredible things. And there's so much talent and so much power here, so much talent here, so much going on. And I would love, and my next thing is to just unite women and right. help women right, come right. together. I'm big on that. You know? I'm really big on women empowerment. Yeah. But again, this day and age, it's like, it's not possible. It, it, it sucks. It really sucks with women because, like you said, everybody's competing. And it's like, you can't get through to these people that are blind. When you're woke, it's like, all right, let's empower each other. Like, mm -hmm. you look really beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. when do you ever hear that? It's very rare from a woman to say, like, mm -hmm. you look very beautiful today. Me, I'm walking by people and I'm like, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. And then that coming from a woman makes you feel good as a woman. Right. And it's like, it's amazing. And I would like to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, be and even, you know, you just got to keep at it. Like, you got to keep doing right. it. You got to right. keep at it. Exactly. And that's what, you know the women's group that we're doing that's what it's all going to be about right you know so yeah that would be amazing that's that's really that's really big we need that <laughs> I, I would love to promote that yeah regularly i know brandon would too billy i'm not so sure <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding and before i don't know how much time we have but i do want to talk about the other event that we have coming up in like please do yeah. before we yeah i was gonna i was gonna cut to that um yeah Make sure you're still shopping at 734kicks.com. They just launched last week, I think. Go get those hot kicks. 
Yes, Esther, you have a entrepreneur seminar? Yeah, it's a it's called Success Summit. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So Success Summit is um it's a few different things. I mean we have one that it's all local speakers for one. Um, we have Harry Root, who's a real estate, he's an investor with TJ Griffin, who is a um, at-risk youth mentor, we um, know TJ. actor, speaker, yeah, all that. We have Danny Falcone, who is the owner of Lancaster Cigar Bar, San Juan. Mm -hmm. yep. um, now just opened a cigar shop, yep. actually. Um, he's going to be one of the speakers, and then I'm going to be one of the speakers. And so a lot of what we're going to talk about is we all share the sim similar stories from we came from nothing but we made something out of nothing. Right. So our, our stories are all very similar, but we want to teach people. Um, Harry is going to do a lot on mindset. Like he's going to do a lot of mindset training when um, it comes to like belief systems. I focus on empowerment, um, overcoming fear, mindset training, empowerment, um, elevating your business. Those are all just going to be some of the topics that we're going to be discussing there. Um, and how to, you know, build a successful business. Like, right. it's so, I don't want to say it's so simple, but it has so much to do with your belief system and the way that you think. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like, you're going in circles constantly trying mm -hmm. to make something happen. Swimming but, but never like, reaching yes. the shore. Right. And so how? we teach you how to get beyond that. Like So how, how can they get, get, get in that? How can they is yeah, it like registration? How do you get further? How do you get beyond um, where you're at now that like you might feel like you've plateaued and you've been right. doing the same thing for five years. When is the seminar? Um, it's September 29th okay. and at the Lancaster Marriott downtown. Okay. Uh, it's from 12 to 4. And if they come to your social media, they can find a link to it? Yes. Okay. We have um, social media pages. Up. There's an event page called okay. Success Summit. Uh, and and you check out Success Summit. Just search that in your events yeah. under Facebook. You'll find it. Make sure you're interested or going. Mm -hmm. TCP might have to come. We're trying yeah, to run a business over here, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, make sure you go check out Success Summit. I'm sure... Uh, TJ was supposed to be a guest on our show at some point. Maybe he still will be in the future if yeah, you're listening man, to TJ, that. TJ, come holler at us, man. Listen, we, we ain't that bad. We, won't, <laughs> we ain't going to hurt your brain. I personally <laughs> won't curse. I don't do it too often. I am going to. That's going to happen. Um, well, but you still we'll have, my man, TJ. Come we'll have Brandon here. He's the hall monitor sibling of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, um, Esther, thank you for coming through. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for thank having you. me. I, I didn't know that my heart and mind were going to be toyed with. And <laughs> with and I know, right? No, really, I mean, I learned stuff and I felt stuff and I'm I'm just... I'm processing I'm really happy that I met you today. So oh, yes, And yeah. thank you for being who you are. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, this is, Seriously, this was, thank this you dope. for being who you are. We're lucky to have you in the county. And, and, and uh, if anyone out there is uh, a victim or was a victim... Please be encouraged. You know, it reach out to somebody, and and if someone reaches out to you, please help them. Mm -hmm. Amish Mafia might be coming back. You heard it here first on Say Less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you go check out Success Summit, and as usual, 
Make sure you go shop at regalfinessestore.com. Make sure you go check out the TCP network. Um, you know our, you know all our, our work. We got hip hop and politics, say less podcasts, raw royalty, opinionated facts, wide awake. Um, if you want to travel the world, I will arrange your your vacation for a very small fee, cheaper than anyone else in the county will do it. I'm yeah, coming man. to you. <laughs> Chris got his own travel agency coming out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And once again, Esther, thank you for coming. We, yes, we loved hearing you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, we got Marquise on the board. Yes, sir. I'm here. Chris is in the building. Peace. E is in the building. Nope. The beautiful Sarah is in the building. Hey, hey. She's on the market. <laughs> Brandon Two Bags Way is on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get a, get a <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, Blast. This is Say Less Podcast, episode 21. We out of here. Peace.